Hey, welcome to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is the space to be for high vibe people looking to create a beautiful life and business. Let's do this. Hello, my friends. How are you? It's so good to be back here. Welcome to season four of the podcast. I cannot wait to dive into today's episode because I am bringing on a special guest to talk all things human design and how it will help you in showing up for your purpose and making your difference in the world. I cannot wait to share the details for this, but first I just want to say hello. I have enjoyed the last month of a little bit more space in my life. I've been over in Antibes in the south of France. It was such a beautiful time there. Such a lovely place. I highly recommend it. And otherwise, I've been starting our mistress mind and rolling that out. It's been so much fun. The women in there are serious powerhouses. Shout out to all of you ladies over in the mistress mind. And also we've been going through our next round of create your beautiful biz. And that has been so fun to start creating some more beautiful businesses in the world. So today I come to you nice and rested. It's a beautiful week here in London. The sun has been shining and I've really just been enjoying soaking that into my beautiful body. So I hope that you've all been doing really, really well, and I can't wait to now introduce to you today's guest. So we are speaking to Timothy Brainard, and we're going to call him Tim from now on. He is the inventor and founder of Whole System Human. He is a full-time human being, a lover of hammocks, an incidental comedian, and an unapologetic ukulele enthusiast. His work is dedicated to the development of elegance and authenticity as sustainable ways of being in life. And he also happens to be a human design reader, or that's one of the many offerings he shares with the world. So Tim and I met over on the wonderful Facebook. I was over in Genizo's Facebook community and I was reading some of the information he was sharing on human design. And I just loved the positive, upbeat, uplifting way that he was speaking about human design. And I knew that I wanted to connect. So that is how our friendship began. And since then, I've been learning more from Tim about human design and about my personal human design chart. And I have just been in awe of this beautiful man. He is so poetic with his words and he has such a unique and wonderful way of teaching and explaining these concepts, which can be kind of confusing uh, depending on where you're reading it. So I knew that Tim would be the perfect person to bring on to talk to us all about human design. You might know that personally, I've found understanding my human design type and each of the other human design types to be so incredibly important for showing up in my business in the best and most sustainable way possible, and also in understanding what is best for my clients as well. I think that this is such an important system for aligning with our purpose. And so this is why we're talking about human design today. So in this episode, Tim and I are discussing 
all things human design and how we can use this system as a roadmap to remember and reconnect with our authentic essence. We're also talking about how human design came to be a part of Tim's life and his incredible and unique way of explaining this system. We're also talking about each of the four human design energy types, the manifester, projector, reflector, and generator, and why we don't consider the manifesting generator, which is my type people, as a fifth energy type. And we're also talking about the strategies and not self themes for each of those and how all of this information helps us to find alignment and understand how we best relate to the world around us. We're also talking about something that Tim calls body listening and also why allowing is a superpower of ours and why we need to start doing more of it. And finally, we have some discussion about who our greatest teachers are and also how coaching can assist us on our journeys. So without further ado, I am so excited to dive into this episode. I literally got off this call absolutely buzzing. And this is what it's like every time I have a session or interaction with Tim. He truly makes me feel so great about myself. And this is what he calls his human design readings. He calls them a mirror session. And it really is about being able to look in the mirror and see the beauty that was that is within every single one of us. So before we dive in, I also just want to mention here that I am now just announcing the details for a new way to work with me. This is called the Mindset Makeover Program, and it's a mini program that I'm running in July for the first time, and it will help you with your mindset. I've noticed that a lot of my clients, a lot of the people in my community and myself, my friends, my family, we're all struggling with the same issues and it's around our mindset. Whenever we have any suffering, resistance in our life, the only place that that's coming from is through our mind. And so I wanted to be able to share with you some of the tools that I have learned to help me create the mindset that I have today. And to be honest, I think that I have a pretty good mindset. It helps me with my mental health so much, and it helps me to show up for my purpose in the world, to create this business that I have here, to say yes to opportunities as they come in, to make big life changes when they feel in alignment. And to feel a greater sense of peace and joy and freedom on a day-to-day basis. And so I want to share all of these tools to all of you, whether you're using these in your business, in your life generally, in your work, your relationships, these tools are going to help you up-level your beautiful mindset so you can start allowing yourself to be the person that you are always here to be. So I won't explain any more about this program. You can go check out all of the details over at LetitiaRinge.com forward slash mindset makeover. And make sure you check that out as soon as possible because there will only be a very short enrollment period. Okay, now I'm so excited to dive into this episode with Tim. Let's do this. Hi, Tim. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, so happy to be here. 
I'm so excited to have you here as well. I know we're going to learn so much today. So to get us started, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions. They're just a little bit of fun. And then we will dive Uh in (laughs) to learning more about you and also all things human design. Wonderful. Okay. So my first question for you is, do you have a favorite book? And if so, what is it? Ooh, I love this question. Unfortunately, I can't answer with an array of books, so I'll choose only one. And really, my favorite book, the one and only book that has been with me for more than a dozen years, is called Letters to a Young Poet. And it's by Rilke, the poet. And it is perhaps the most transformative and impactful book that I have ever experienced. I have read it more times than I can count. And I'm not even the sort of guy who does read books over and over again, but this one, absolutely highly recommend to anyone listening to this podcast. Mm, Oh, I love it. I'm definitely going to check this out now. I haven't read it. So what about... you'll love it. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Anything that you recommend, I know that I'm going to love. So what about a favorite (laughs) quote? I don't know that I have a favorite quote. (laughs) That's very, very mood dependent. And what happens to me is I'll, I'll find my way into a quote and, and I'll be flushed with the magnificent magnificence of it. And then, um, and then I'll meet another one like later the same day and the same thing will happen. So I yeah. can't come up with one off the top of my head. No, I love that. But I, I, lo- I know exactly what you mean. I'm always, I have the same experience where just every day I'm reading so many incredible things and, um, and yeah, I just feel so taken by them. So that's really interesting. Now I would love to ask, what is your human design type? Ah, okay. Great question. Given today's conversation, <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am a projector and my authority is self-projected. So if you look at my human design chart, only two out of all the nine centers are defined the throat Mm. and the G center. So I'm an unusual type. My profile is a two five profile, which makes me even more unusual. So Mm. I proudly carry the, uh, the title of weird. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. And what about, do you have a favorite season? Favorite season. Mm. Beautiful question. The reality is that I find deep value and poetry in every one of the seasons, but I really struggle in the cold. So my favorite (laughs) season is that moment between spring and summer. Mm. It's not a real season. It's like a transitional movement where you're kind of, um, you've got all that fresh green that has just begun to emerge. And you also have the warmth as you move into summer. That's, that's important for me. I'm a lizard like that. I need the warmth. Would you say that we're in that transition at the moment? We are, yes. Mm, so you yeah. can probably almost get a feel for that in even my voice because there's just so much more vitality that moves through me this time of year. Mm, yes, I love that. Okay, and my last question for you is, do you have a favorite activity or thing to do in the morning after you've woken up? Hmm. These are really great questions. (laughs) I've been on a number of podcasts and no one has asked me anything like this. So I'm already having fun in a whole new way. Yay. 
I do have a favorite activity. Every single morning, I enjoy tea, a very special brew, uh, with poetry. I like to read. So the morning time is my quiet space, my personal space, and I'll meet the day with warm tea with all sorts of yummy ingredients in it. And, um, of course, preparing the tea is its own craft ritual. And then I'll sit quietly with my books and... That is how I start every single day. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yes, the ritual of tea. It's so beautiful. And I've been to some tea ceremonies. And um, so I've learned to appreciate tea in, in yeah. even more in my life. Oh, I love yeah. that. And we're learning so much about you. And we haven't even dived into learning officially <laughs> what your story is and how you came to be doing what you're doing today. So I think this is a great time to now ask you about what is human design and how it came to be a part of your beautiful life? Okay. Two massive questions. Mm -hmm. So I'll do my best to summarize. In response to the first question, what is human design? I honestly think you would get a different question or a different response to this question from just about anyone that you ask. Um, my response is, is basically this. Human design is the science of becoming you. Really, human design is all about this applied capacity to remember yourself. So for me, human design is a map. And it's not, it's not so much a map that's leading the way into something unknown as it is a map in the way that like a, you would have like a blueprint for a house or the map of a circuit board where you get to see how something functions. So human design allows us that window into the appropriate function of each individual human being. And for me, that is its greatest value. It allows us to meet ourselves in a whole new and exceptionally precise way. And in doing so, it allows us to accept those parts of ourselves that we may never have been willing to or capable of without this. Mm. So that's my response to the first question. How does that sit with you? I love that. And I, I love how you say it, the capacity to remember yourself, because mm -hmm. I feel like this is at least my experience when I first learned about human design, I, and understood and learned what my, my energy type is. And uh, for those of you, uh, I'm a manifesting generator. So when I learned about, um, manifesting generators and just, you know, some very general information about them, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm finally, like, uh, this makes so much sense. And I now have permission to just be me. And it was, yeah. <laughs> and it was just a very small bit of information, nothing like understanding your chart. And, you know, we can, there's so much to understand because we're all so complex and uh, wonderful, but that, yes, yeah. um, meeting ourselves, accepting ourselves and remembering yourself and I love how you also call it the science of becoming you. This is, this is what I feel th that's the potential of human design. That's why it's such a wonderful tool I find in my work for helping people to uncover their purpose, uncover that sense of self, uncovering that, that whatever that authentic authenticity, whatever that authentic yeah. expression of their truth is. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm loving how you define human design. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's so exciting. It's exciting because you and I do very similar work. 
Um, obviously, we have you know very specific sorts of people that we work with. Um, but at the at the core of what you do, and the core of what I do, it's it's very similar, you know. And and we're dealing on that like heart level application of ourselves. And so the fact that I get to receive such a powerful confirmation through your own experience of human design, it's always so exciting to me. Yeah, so, so thank you exciting. for that confirmation. Thank you. And I, I so agree. I feel like our work overlaps so much and I can see, you know, the values that come through in, um, in just, you know, doing a session with you. And also I've, you know, looked at your website before and I've read so many of your posts and, you know, it was, um, through seeing you showing up in a Facebook group that first led me to, to you. And I was just drawn to what you were saying. And I feel like these, uh, values of, you know, uh, this, playfulness and um and obviously authenticity and enjoying life and sustainability yeah. and innovation all of these values that i really um want to i guess embody in the work that i do yeah. i think that these are the values that i saw in you and that's why we've been you know uh, i've you know been attracted and we've been magnetized towards one another so yeah. it's so beautiful then that our work has also we're finding those similarities as well Wow. So special. That right there is, it's just like, um, it's our example of the very magic that we'll be looking at today. Mm. So perfect. Absolutely. So you had yep. asked, you had asked me about how I met human design and it's a great question and I'll do my best to answer it. Um, but my memory doesn't serve very well in this regard. So <laughs> what I do know is this, I know that I was introduced to human design many years ago. At this point, it's nearly seven years ago. And I was introduced to it by a friend. Uh, this particular friend didn't actually know much about human design. She just knew that I was super into learning about this sort of thing, energies, psychology, this sort of thing. And, and at the time, I was very excited about the Myers-Briggs profiling system and the fact that I was an INFJ. And so she was like, hey, check this out, you know, it's like an expansion on the theme. And um, very quickly, it became apparent that human design is not an expansion on the theme of psychological profiling systems. It is, in fact, something altogether different. And rather than categorizing humans into these different groupings, it's, in fact, shining a light on specifically what makes each of us individual. It's like it, it almost goes in the exact opposite direction of psychological profiling systems. So this was something pretty massive that I recognized early on when I met the information. And because of this, I was so excited. At the time, I was just so excited. I bought up a bunch of books and I dove in head first. Um, and sometimes that's not the greatest tact. <laughs> that's essentially what I learned. I got very, very excited about the material and you know, for all intents and purposes, I basically drowned on it. <laughs> I just, I just took too much in at once and I exhausted myself in the effort. In addition to this, I was very excited about what I had found and I was excited to talk about it. And so I was trying to like get this information in front of the people in my life, especially my family who wanted nothing to do with it. So I was like hitting walls all around, which is hilarious to me now as I, you know, understand my strategy and how mm -hmm. very far in opposition, you know, I was at the time, but I was just super enthusiastic about it. And despite that enthusiasm, it was not a sustained enthusiasm. And so I basically burnt myself out 
on human design after only a, probably a few months, less than a year, you know? And so human design more or less revisited me time and again throughout those seven years. And every time that it came back into my experience, there were new angles on the information that I was gaining. And of course, this makes sense because as we move through time, we change, which means that every time something like this meets us new, it's a whole new being that's interacting with the material. And so it was perhaps about this time last year, maybe it's been a year and a half now, when um, I, I would say that I met human design for the final time. And it was like at this point that, that we actually achieved that marriage that I had sensed into so early on. And I've just been so deeply committed to the study of this work since then. It has more or less consumed me. And for whatever reason, that virus took hold. And this time I was prepared for it. And so that's where we are now. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So, okay, first of all, I just want to comment <laughs> on you mentioned um, about human design shining a light on what makes us individual rather than grouping us. And I yeah. think that this is, yeah, this is something that I know um, my listeners or some of our listeners are going to be, they'll be really interested in because I think when we uh, look at things like the Myers-Briggs, like like you gave an example um, of, and even with astrology, you know, when we don't understand maybe yeah. our natal chart, it's the same thing. People say, okay, I, I resonate with the, this part, but then I don't resonate with all of these other things. And then how does that explain me? And so sometimes it can leave you with more questions. And so I love to use all sorts of um, personality profiling tests actually for my clients when they work with me and including human design but I always say only take what resonates with you when you're yeah. reading about each of these different um uh, yeah each of these different resources so human design though uh it's that's um when I learned even just about the energy types I felt like I could um, because it was so simple, almost the strategy, you could make it relevant to you and your specific circumstances. And you had to be, you know, the person to fill in the gaps. And that's what yeah. I think it allowed it by being so, uh, so broad in some ways, but then so specific in others. So that's a really mm -hmm. yeah. interesting thing about thing to think about also the power of um, simplicity. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I know that we go, when you look at a chart, it gets, you know, much more com complex and um, intricate and it can change in so many different ways, but also just the simplicity of those of understanding simply your, the, your energy type and your strategy. There's so much power just in that alone. Absolutely. Yes. So I just yes. wanted to comment on that. And then it's so interesting that you also uh, became burned out <laughs> on human <laughs> design and that, as you say, reflects your particular strategy as a projector. And um, that's it's just amazing. I think that's something just that we want to uh, I just want to comment on because sometimes something might be in our life at a certain time and it might also go out of our life. And then sometimes these yeah. same experiences come back in, in a much more powerful way, but we've had to learn or, and, and grow and evolve to be able to receive it in, uh, in the way that it's, you know, eventually going to become um, in, in the way that it, in the 
the role that it's going to play in our life later yeah. on. And I think that's the same for relationships and other experiences. Like it can relate to so many different things, but your story is a really beautiful example of this. You're, you're exactly right. And that's a very deep truth that you've tapped into there. I often like to think about the experience of life itself as a, as in a spiral that's growing outward as it goes upward. So it's almost like, like a tornado in its shape or like a, a vortex or an ice cream cone, you know? And, and every time that we meet something again, we're actually meeting it from a new octave. You know, it's, it's a whole new meeting, even though it's like, oh, this again. And interestingly enough, you asked me about my favorite book, and that's this book, Letters to a Young Poet, is very much that way. It, it, mm-hmm. it is like the words are living and breathing, and they're moving with you. And so when it revisits you, it is new to you. Mm-hmm. And so this is just a really beautiful thing, and you're absolutely right that it is equally true for relationships and activities and all of these different things in our lives. So it just, it helps to paint this picture that is incredibly symphonic in its movement, you know, and, mm. and there are these, these spirals and crescendos and dips and, and you get this kind of poetic fluidity written into the very chemistry of your movement in life. I love this. Mm. I love this too. And, uh, and, and also I'm just thinking, you know, sometimes you'll hear something from someone or you'll, I don't know, watch something, read something, uh, learn about someone's experience and someone will be really, really moved and then you'll learn about it and you won't be moved. And then a couple of years later, or even a few days later, it hits you and you have that huge aha moment. And, and I know also as a coach, sometimes the work that we do in, um, with a, with a client in during the session, they may walk away and not, and you might be thinking, oh, I can't see that there's been this big aha moment and then it happens mm-hmm. later or it happens years yeah. later and they go back and they let you know, wow, I've just realized what this was all about only today. And I think that's something to just remind ourselves is that sometimes, you know, the the, the outcome or the true aha moment or the true realization, that's uh, the experiences happened, the, the moment that we need, but it just it might take a little bit longer to actually um, receive it fully for what it is. Yes. Yes. So important to realize. Yes. Oh, so good. So I'm so glad that human design (laughs) then came back into your life and things have just sort of, you know, blown up really quickly for you and you've been able to, you know, show up for it more than uh, in a much more powerful way. And, and with all of that, you know, the seven years of experience, then you've got to um, now add to what you know about human design. So what a gift for all of us. I'd love to now talk about the different types in human design. Would we be able to run through those? Sure thing, yeah. Um, what specifically might you like to learn about each of them? Since this is obviously a rather deep study, I'd like to keep it accessible. Yeah, definitely. So I guess just generally it would be great to talk about uh, for each for each type, just a, like a very general uh, in terms of maybe what they when it comes to showing up for your purpose or creating a business, like your work in the world. Maybe just some, a little nugget for each type that is important for uh, a person to understand. 
Okay. All right. Whatever let's see it is, what I'm going to leave it open. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is a part of the fun of this is um, it's actually going to emerge from the details of my own design. So as someone who is, you know, a self-projected type, essentially what this means, one, one aspect of the meaning contained in that is basically that as I speak, the truth is emerging from the core of me, from the actual identity center held within my body. And as it moves through my mouth, I basically get to be as surprised as anyone. <laughs> you know, so much, so much of this story. Wait, watch that. I said to me and through me. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, so much of this story, the human design story is basically about learning to refocus the, uh, our attention inward to learn that the true wisdom of our experience is held in the body, not the mind. So mm. every one of the four types deals with it. And let's talk about this for a moment. I said four types. Often you'll hear that there are five types. Um, and this is a really common misconception. So I want to kind of start there. There are actually only four total types of energetic signature within this, you know, human design context. And that number four is very, very important. Of course, within each of those four types are quite a, a number of subtypes. But ultimately, there are only four ways in which human beings are designed to show up and four different ways in which individuals relate to one another and to the world around them. So those four types, and, and I'll talk about the four as opposed to five types in just a moment. The four primary types are known as the generator. The generator makes up for about 70% of the population. The second type is known as a projector. That's what I am. And the projector makes up for about 20% of the population, 20 to 21%. The third type is known as the manifester, which makes up for between 7 and 9% of the population. And the final type is known as the reflector, which makes up for perhaps 1% of the population. It's the most rare type. Now, where we sometimes split off into a fifth type is all the way back up at the top with generators, because generators can show up as pure generators or as manifesting generators. And what's so interesting about this is that when we're looking at these four types, we're really looking at four functional ways of relating in life, four different ways of relating in life. And the manifesting generator, though it does contain much of the same kind of uh, design details as the manifester type itself, its actual way of relating, its functional capacity is the same as the generator which is why we say that there are only four types because there are technically only four functional ways of relating in the world. Does that make mm -hmm. sense to you? Have I, have I stated yeah. that clearly? Yes, you have. Yep. Yep. I'm following. And I love that you, you describe it in this way of its ways of, that you're relating to the world. Yes. You know, we can speak in terms of energetics and, and really language uh, is very, very important when it comes to human design, because, of course, we know that words themselves contain so much meaning and so much value. And even just the way that certain things are spoken, the tone that they're spoken through, all of this has impact. Um, and each of us is carrying all of these semantic associations, all of these different uh, ways that we understand the words that are being used. So I always like to be 
extremely careful and precise in how I present information. And that's why I'm using words like functional. And that's why you'll hear me use words like mechanical. And even when I use words like energy, I hope that the listeners can hear that word, not as some kind of pseudoscientific new age ideal, but as an actual grounded, measurable mechanic. Okay? Because it is. Mm. You know, each of us extends quite a ways beyond the boundary of our skin. And at this point in you know, 2019, that is no longer a fancy idea. It's a fact. Mm. And so when we're speaking in terms of these energy dynamics, these functional ways of relating, we're actually speaking about the total human organism, not just the body, not just the mind, but the total energetic, pulsing, breathing, relating organism that is each of us. And so for any of our listeners who want to get a sense for this, if you stretch your arms out to either side as far as you can, now you have a wingspan. And then you double that wingspan, creating a sphere 360 degrees all around you. That's more or less equivalent to the size of your, of your energetic aura. It's large. Mm. It's very large. And each of us has a very unique way in which that ball of energy is relating to the world around it. And that's where we get the four types. Mm. So, Letitia, you had mentioned how special it is that human design has taken a science of individuality, of really kind of tapping into uniqueness, and, and rather than spreading it across, you know, billions of people, somehow there are still these four simple primary categories. This is a true key that, that even at the base of such a complex and personal system, there is such, a, such an accessible, sim- simple, actionable <laughs> underlying theme that's very exciting. It actually gives us something that we can use, you know? Mm. Yes, oh, I love that. And I also, I was just <laughs> mentally uh, thinking about my wingspan and just mm. you know, how that's even just interesting to think about how much space that takes up, you know, outside of the physical yep. body. Like, for instance, it's probably going to uh, be bigger than where I'm sitting right now. So to think about how that is impacting, you know, the next person's energetic field. Yeah. Super fascinating. Yeah. It really, really is. And, and you thinking about it so literally is extremely appropriate. You know, I'm, as we're talking, I'm happily kind of pacing the floor of my apartment. And because of the size of these energy bodies that we carry with us, you know, I'm probably interacting on some level with someone on the floor beneath me, possibly mm-hmm. someone on the floor above me. You know, this is just kind of the way that it goes. And all of life is happening this way. You know, I look out the window and I see the trees and the birds and the sky and, you know, all of these different elements and organisms are communicating and relating. And this is the symbiotic way that we create the symphony of life, right? So that's what we're dealing with here. And, and when you can understand it this way, you can start to kind of get this, even if it's only mental, this beautiful image of relationship. And you can see how, how just, Beautifully, all of this is weaving itself into and out of one another. And if you think of these energy bubbles, the way that they interact, it's just, it's just so fascinating. And um, it's real. You know, it feels science fiction, but it's real. So you have these four primary types. 
let's look for a moment at how they function. Because a lot of people who are listening to this may not have met their type, but I'll bet they will after the call. <laughs> so I'd love, I would love for everyone to have at least a general sense for what it means when they see their type on a page in front of them. Is that a good direction for us to go? Yeah, that sounds really, really perfect. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Wonderful. So let's start with the generator. The generator is doing exactly what it sounds like. The generator is, in fact, generating the life force energy of this planet, which is why there's such a uh, proportionally such a large amount of generators in the world, because we depend upon this, this generative activity that is, in fact, emerging through the physical systems of every generator that exists, every generator and every manifesting generator. So thank you, Leticia. You are doing this even as we speak. <laughs> thank and, you. And it's important, it's important to understand that this is happening. It's just happening. It's not something that you do. Just like the heart beats itself, you, know, you don't have to do the heart beating. Mm. Same thing here. You know, when I speak about the generator generating the life force energy, it, it sounds so grand and it actually is but there's nothing to like get worked up over or to try and do better (laughs) it's just happening so that's the first bit then the second part to this is that the generator aura the function of this of this energy bubble so to speak is it's like a big hub i mean it's, it's known as an enveloping aura it basically opens up and receives everything in its in its proximity and so there is a great amount of resilience built into this sort of a being because the generator is designed to take in loads of information. You know, mm-hmm. Leticia, if you walk into a, a party and there are 100 people in the room, you're literally designed to navigate a room full of people. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of people and it might feel a little cramped and all of this, but it's not going to be existentially uncomfortable for you to stand in that room and relate and network and all of these things. Mm. So you're, you're, you have this resilience built into you. Of course, there is a certain vulnerability to being so perfectly receptive to the world around you. Mm. And this is where, this is where type strategies come in. This is where a lot of the other tools that we learn about through human design come in to essentially help us to function properly in relationship to all of these variables. You know, but for now, just understand that the generator aura is a big hug. And when you walk into a room, this sense of your enveloping aura is felt. Mm. You know, people feel you and you feel them. And this is more and more true as you reconnect more and more to what is authentically yours, because you're actually developing a sensitivity to a lot of these energetic dynamics that we're going to discuss today. So that's the generator. Do you have any questions before I move on to the projector? Uh, well, I was just thinking, so with the generator then, because we hear, um, well, I've heard a lot about, you know, when we are um, feeling drained, like energetically yes. or, f- or physically. So, and usually when we're, you know, not doing things that we're aligned with or enjoy doing. So, um, is that, does that then mean that our life force is being affected by that? It's a great question. Uh, really what it means is that the energy that you personally have spent is being depleted inappropriately. Mm. So that life force energy itself, it's always happening. Um, 
I mean, I guess you could say that when you are misaligned from your nature, that what you are putting out into the world, what you're radiating, so to speak, is it's almost as if it's a little bit sickly or ill. Mm. Um, and so, so the quality of what you are expressing energetically is not what it could be. You know, ultimately, the more and more that you realign to the core truth of your nature, the purer this mechanism becomes and the grander the, the movement becomes as well. In fact, your, your aura will expand and become more powerful and, in your case, significantly more attractive as you become more and more aligned with yourself. So it all plays in, but you wouldn't have to worry so much about whether or not you're generating life force energy. The question would be, are you spending your personal energy well? Mm. Love that. Thank you for clarifying that. That is You're so welcome. I, yeah. Um, I might have another question later, but I'm just going to let that sit for now and we can move to the next one while I take all of that in. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. We can actually use it as an opportunity to tack one, one additional piece of information to this exploration, which is that each of these types, in addition to their um, energetic signature, you know, the function of this aura, in addition to that, they have what we might refer to as signature theme, which is, which is basically a, a simple way of understanding whether or not that energy is functioning properly. So we're really looking at this like mechanics right now, okay? We're pretending that this is like a, a car that we're trying to, like, understand. So if we were to do that, then you could understand whether a generator was functioning properly based on how that person felt at any given moment. And there are two things that they might feel. The first is frustration. <laughs> and this is what the generator feels when their energy is being spent in directions which are not their own. You know, when they are misaligned with their own truth and they're giving themselves away to activities which they don't frankly care about, <laughs> mm. that they become fatigued and frustrated. When, however, everything is functioning properly and the generator is happily engaged in an activity that lights it up and inspires it, you know, and expands their sense of self, you experience satisfaction. Mm. So the signature themes for the generator are frustration on the one hand, and satisfaction on the other. And this is not just satisfaction. This is a deep, existential, grounded sense of satisfaction. It's almost like an orgasmic level of satisfaction. So there's a very deep truth held in that as well. And understanding this, we have a signpost that allows us to know at any given point along the way which direction we're headed. You know, Are we facing in a direction? Are we engaged in an activity that is aligned with the truth in us or not. And this is a feeling-based way of understanding, you know, the current response to that question. So that's important for the generators to know as well. Enveloping yeah. aura, signature themes. Mm, I love that. And I just want to say, I, the, this, you meant you, you call it a signpost. And I think that yeah. anything that talks about the feelings as being what guides us is just so mm. incredibly helpful. And actually, you began by saying it's all about tapping into your body. And so this is so yeah. fascinating for me. One of the things that I also teach is all about reconnecting with feminine energy. That was something that I had to reconnect with mm -hmm. in my life um, and learn to start connecting to so my feelings and also my intuition. 
and and my body intelligence. And so part of that for me, I feel that when our, you know, when it comes to intuition, which people call all sorts of different things, but I feel that our intuition or our inner voice or our higher self, it where it's speaking to us through our emotions. And so I like yeah. to see it as, you know, yeah, like your inner GPS system. It's just pieces of information that are telling you, you know, which way to go or which way not to go. And so we experience yeah. those emotions and we can use that as information. So this is so incredibly helpful then adding on um, the 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 frustration and satisfaction for generators to know when it's just, it's like such a clear way to know when something is out of alignment and when something's not. And I feel like, you know, it's um, uh, the experience of emotions is different or or is differently described by different people. And yet for me, knowing what frustration is or satisfaction is actually such a, um, a just such a clear way to, to, bring some form to all of this, which is, you know, life. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yes. And it's so fascinating. I've worked with so many different types, so many different people, and it seems to be the case that every type resonates to their own signature feeling. And so, Mm. you know, everything that you just shared is extremely relevant to the conversation. You know, this is a feeling-based system of orientation. It is a GPS, and it is physical. You know, feelings are another one of those things that that are very easy to shrug off. Like, you know, we don't need to hear about your feelings. It's supposed to be this kind of like amorphous, uh, you know, mm. but it's not. Feelings, the, the actual like physiological event of a feeling, the way that we interpret these physical events, this is, this has deep meaning once you turn your attention to it and start to listen in. In fact, the, uh, the primary bulk of my work is not focused in human design. I love human design. I nerd out over human design. Obviously, a lot of my time now is dedicated to sharing it. But, you know, my personal methodology, which is something that I call whole system human, has three primary pillars that it's built on. And one of those three pillars is known as body listening. And it's the capacity to turn the mental attention inward in order to learn about this infinite space of the body and all of the wisdom that it holds. So yet again, your work and my work quite quite brilliantly aligned. And this is extremely deep work. Yes, me too. (laughs) Incredible. And so I just have one other thing I wanted to say before we move on. I was just also thinking as you were describing uh, this, um, the enveloping aura that a generator has. um, So one of the things that I've always being quite conscious or not always, sorry, over the last few years, I've been more aware of is that the more that I shine my light, like we've all heard these sorts of quotes, then the more that I'm able to reflect the light in others. And so this seems to make sense if we think, if if you think about the generator's aura, because if that aura is, you know, nice and sparkly and we're, you know, doing things that are aligning and we are, you know, just, um, making the quality of that energy as attractive as you say as possible because we're doing what we love, then it makes sense that other people are going to be uplifted by that same energy. And maybe it's just this, this is what's playing out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Basically what you're saying is that these energetic relationships that we're discussing have direct impact on the people around us. Mm. 
So there yes. is there is a great a great deal of personal responsibility responsibility that's actually held in the conversation that we're having here. Because the moment that you recognize how deeply you're impacting the world around you, you become responsible for that. Mm. And it's, it's such a beautiful thing to realize that in order to become responsible for that, all you need to do is reconnect to what is just waiting to emerge most naturally from you, that you literally get to relax into the joy of your you know, most natural expressions and preferences in life. It's just the most remarkable thing that the path forward into purity is, in fact, a path of joyfulness and enjoyment. Mm, you know, it's, yep. It's really <laughs> Sorry, I'm just very happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, it's it's a master key to this whole this whole story, and um, you know, I, I know that it is it really underpins so much of the work that you do as well. So, just really, really great to be having this talk. I'm I'm really excited for everyone who gets to hear it. Me too, me too. And I'm just, I, I love that you talk about personal responsibility. I just felt so lit up as you were talking about that. So, I mean, we could just talk forever, but let's go I to know. the next type. <laughs> okay, let's do it. And we can move through these next types rather quickly now that we yeah. have an understanding what we're looking at. So the Perfect. projector, the actual size of the projector aura and general shape of it is the same. But if we talk about the shape of its function, then you can imagine the projector aura as being like a laser pointer. Basically, what it's doing is it's funneling into the very core of any person that it's relating to. Mm -hmm. So if you and I were standing in a room, and even to a great extent now on this call, I believe that this happens, I as a projector would, would basically have this like very, very precise focal point directed at your G center, technically, at the mm -hmm. self-identity center, the core of your being. And so as a projector, a part of our superpower, so to speak, has to do with being able to sense into what's real and authentic about the other. Mm. So, you know, for the projector, the whole story is about the other. We learn about ourselves through this intimate connection with the other. And um, so this is the, the general... Uh, you know, shape and function of the projector aura. It's very pointed. And so if I, as a projector, were to step into that same party that you were just hanging out at, you know, 100 <laughs> people in a room, I'm going to experience that very, very differently from you as a generator. So for me, there actually would be like this deep, just deep-seated discomfort with so many potential focal points in a room. And so as a projector, you might find me, you know, observing in a corner quietly. Or maybe I, I like notice a couch with no one sitting on it and just go there. You know, mm -hmm. it's like that sort of an experience can be very fatiguing for a projector because we're designed to take people in one at a time. There's this mm -hmm. consecutive kind of function built into how everything plays out dynamically. So the projector is one at a time. And, and when the projector connects to someone on that level, it's, it's important to understand that this is not a superficial connection. You know, the generator can do small talk if it needs to. The projector really despises that. The projector is designed to take in one person at a time deeply mm -hmm. and to really, really have this intimate point of connection with the other. Of course, this is also a very surgical interaction. You know, it's, this is why the, the projector aura is known as uh, a penetrating aura. 
because it literally breaks through everything and sees right to the heart of the other. Um, and not everyone wants to be seen so well. Mm. You know, there are a lot of people who, who wear facades and, and have an understanding of themselves that they want to you know, keep in place. And they want other people to understand them in a certain way. And then the projector shows up and sees right through the whole facade. Mm. That's very uncomfortable for certain people. And that's where the projector strategy comes in, which is essentially to wait until people have opted in to that level of interaction. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, this is just absolutely fascinating. Isn't it? I love this stuff. It will never get old. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about the, the themes because we look at the generator themes of frustration mm -hmm. and satisfaction and the projector themes are totally different. The projector themes are bitterness and they're known as bitterness and success. Now, I'll be honest, I don't love the word success because it's not a feeling word to me. Now, what's mm. this success feeling? Um, so the word that I've come up with as a projector, and um, everyone has their own version of this, but for me, it's this, it's this flush of achievement, this sense of like, I did it. Like, yes, this thing was seen through to completion. So it's very, very close to satisfaction. But it's a sense of genuine achievement. And so the, the projector is actually built for this, is actually built for success, is actually built to see things through to completion and to have the level of impact that actually does have, you know, transformative power. And yet, because the projector is oftentimes totally misaligned with their nature, they have no understanding of what's happening. They basically find themselves meeting resistance at every turn. You know, they go into an interaction and they feel like people are swatting them away or ignoring them, which mm. does make a certain amount of sense considering the surgical nature of that interaction. So the projector needs tools. You know, the projector needs to learn how to relate effectively, how to guard its energy and to deliver only to the right, you know, others. Mm. Basically to step into the interactions that are appropriate for it too. There's a lot that goes into this, but basically when the projector is misaligned, he or she feels bitter, unrecognized. There's, there's a deep bitterness that underlies the projector. And um, when they're doing it right, quite the opposite of that coin. You know, the flip side of that is a deep sense of achievement. And um, thankfully, I'm finally getting a sense for how that feels. Yeah, you know, it's wonderful. <laughs> Oh, that this is just absolutely fascinating. And so I'm thinking, you know, even just knowing this information, so say you are in a situation where you're around a lot of people, like at this party with a hundred people, you know, just knowing that you're not designed to, you know, be there talking to everyone, that it's okay that you're going to feel maybe drained or you're going to prefer to have those one-to-one -one conversations with people. Like look at how even in that situation, suddenly you've got um, just, there's so much more peace in have, being armed with that knowledge. And then you're going to walk away feeling so much more uh, successful, I guess I'll use the word yeah. success, as you said, um, yeah. allowing yourself to have those one-to-one -one exchanges with people who have opted in to the conversation. Yes. Yes. I'm really glad that you said that because I'll be honest with you. I spent many, many years of my adult life berating myself for not being the way that I thought I was supposed to be, you know, mm -hmm. for showing up at these networking events and 
uh, you know, in these places of business where, you know, I was a salesperson for quite some time. So imagine how that, wow. how that felt <laughs> as a projector, you know, it literally physically imposing myself on, you know, anyone who would listen um, in order to close a sale. That was very, very challenging. And so the minute that you recognize the appropriate function of your nature, you're totally right. Everything begins to change. You begin to accept and soften and allow yourself to be who you are. And the minute that that journey has begun, it only expands. You know, you only continue to soften. You only gain more understanding. You only gain more sensitivity. So at first, it's like this massive, you know, event, but it continues, you know. And so um, it's a really great observation that you make. You're as a projector, if you're listening to this, you're allowed to do the one-on-one thing. You're allowed mm-hmm. to give that gift to yourself on the understanding that when you do, you will have the genuine impact that you're designed to have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and can project. I just can I just say as a generator and um, you know, many of my friends and clients are projectors and that space that they hold to have that beautiful, meaningful one-to-one connection is so valued by me as a generator. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, there's a very strong feedback loop that can be developed between a generator who is receiving and the projector who is basically connecting and, and delivering at this heart level. Mm-hmm. So when, when, when all of this is kind of playing out the way that it's supposed to, like it is right now in this call, you have something that is extremely expanding that happens as a result. You know, and, and a final point that I should make about this, and this is true for all the types, but basically when you do align to your nature, the magnet of your energy also amplifies. So the projector who walks into that room and feels unrecognized and bitter and no one's paying it any attention and it feels uncomfortable, it doesn't know what to do. You know, if that person can relax and allow themselves to just be kind of alone in this space full of people and allow themselves to settle internally, what they're doing is they're actually amplifying the effect of the attractor field that is built by their energy mechanic. So this person standing in a room, if that person is silent and relaxed within themselves, guaranteed in every case, people will swarm to that projector like bees to honey. In every Mm. case, that person will have their pick of who they want to interact with if they can enter into that space with that inner, you know, that inner spaciousness of allowing Mm. and uh, relaxation. Trust, yeah. You know, the projector is terrified that he won't be recognized. But Mm. recognition is guaranteed if they would just relax. So it's a really important lesson for all of us, regardless of type. Mm. I love that. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. So do we have time, Leticia, to look at manifestors and reflectors briefly? Okay. I have time. Do you have time, though? I do. Yeah, this is so much fun for me. Okay, fabulous. It's fun for me too. I'm sorry. I've grossly <laughs> underestimated how long we would talk, <laughs> but this is so incredibly fun for me. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's continue then. And, and I do hope, I do yeah. hope that this is going to be a sincere value for everyone who's listening. So we'll go a little deeper with this. It will. I know Manifestors. it will. <laughs> okay. Manifestors. These are, these are an interesting type, as, as we mentioned earlier, they're very rare. Um, only between 7 and 9% of the population um, mm-hmm. are manifestors. So the manifestor type has 
in Aura that is very compact. Um, and again, we're speaking kind of um, metaphorically here. The size of their Aura is the same as everyone else's, but the way that it's kind of felt is as if it's like um, kind of closed off and uh, where the generator was receiving everything. You know, the generator Aura, you can almost imagine that there are arrows pointing into the center and it's mm -hmm. receiving everything. The manifester, you want to imagine that it's got this, you know, really, really dense, compact aura with spikes. Mm. <laughs> you know, the, the manifester is actually designed to more or less bulldoze their way through life. They're designed with such great resilience to obstacles. They can just create things that the rest of us are not designed to create. They can create ways in life that don't exist for the rest of us from a very, you know, this very functional perspective. The manifester is the one that is here to initiate activity, to go do and go get. Um, now, this is only true to an extent. There's a lot of factors that play in here, but essentially to think in terms of how that energy functions, that's the manifester. And you can imagine how uncomfortable that energy might feel to all the generators and projectors in the world. <laughs> you know, yes. the manifest walks into the room and everyone says, uh oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but think about how that feels for the manifester. You know, yeah. they're, they're someone who has always felt that, uh oh, from everyone around them. You know, they mm -hmm. feel that they intimidate people. They feel that they're not allowed to do themselves, that they're not allowed to show up as fully as they're capable of because other people are intimidated by who they are. Mm -hmm. So what happens for the manifester is they show up at the party and, and they're the sort of person who's designed to just walk right up. You know, if, if the guy walks into a party, he should be able to walk right up to any girl and be like, Hey, let's dance, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, but what happens instead is that the manifester basically learns over time that they're not allowed to be themselves. So they make themselves small and they pretend that they're generators. And this is a really, really uncomfortable situation for everyone because what happens when the manifester makes themselves small is they also make themselves extremely angry. Mm -hmm. And that's their signature theme, anger. So you have someone who is basically martyring themselves on behalf of everyone else who can't handle who they are. And as a result, they carry around this not so subtle anger underlying everything that they do and say. So it's a very, very tricky and uncomfortable situation. Now, the manifester who does learn about this information, who does begin to step into their own shoes and does allow them, you know, begin to allow themselves to take up space, this person is going to begin to experience a great amount of peace in their experience. And there's a lot that plays into this, and they have their own strategy for navigating relationships that is very important for them to learn. But ultimately the potential held in this manifester aura is peacefulness. Mm -hmm. And that's so interesting when you consider it's, it's opposite. You know, yeah. most manifestors are not experiencing this inner space of peace, but that is what's held as potential within them. Mm, this is so fascinating because also when they um, show up, when they're trying to keep themselves small and so they're feeling angry, they're going to be um, reacting they're, they're almost confirming that sense of that feeling of separation in the first place. Yes, absolutely. 
it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in every mm-hmm. case that happens. Yeah, your insight in, in basically every time you pipe up, I love it. So <laughs> I, love, I love what you you know, so that's really, really good. And I hope that if there are manifestors listening into this call, I'm sure there will be, that you can kind of take something from this. You know, your experience doesn't actually have to be so unsettled and angry, and you definitely are not here to make yourself small. Yeah. That's so important. Yeah, well, by showing up as your most expanded self, you're actually going to um, be a much more pleasant person to be around as well, right? Because you're going to feel way more peaceful, and then that is going to attract the right people to you who can handle your bigness as well. Yes. Yes, you learn to handle it. Basically, again, in addition to everything we've discussed, each of these types has a strategy. And it's, it's a strategy that's built into the function of their energy. So the manifester, as a great example, the manifester, they can act. They can, they can go and do whatever it is that they wish or need to at any given time, so long as they inform the people around them who might mm-hmm. be affected by it before they do. And it's, it's, so, it's so wild, honestly, to work with manifestors because I'll share this information that the strategy for the manifestor, if they want to more or less survive the world of relationships, all they have to do is inform the people around them before they take action. Mm-hmm. And in every case, the manifestor will be like, okay, yeah, like, like that's going to make any difference, you know? <laughs> and in every, case, in every case, I'll get the message you know, days or weeks later from the manifestor saying, hmm, I'll be honest, this is way harder than I thought it would be because they don't know to do that. And it takes genuine practice. So, um, you know, there's there's real beauty kind of built into all of this and the way that we are relating to one another and learning from one another and expanding one another. Um, But it is fully dependent upon this most basic foundational understanding of how we work. That's where human design comes into play. So that's the manifestors. Reflectors should take two seconds. Sure. Because (laughs) reflectors are are 1% of the population. Um, And I'm not saying that because I wish to gloss over the reflectors. But (laughs) statistically speaking, you know, it would be amazing if we have any reflectors listening to this. The reflector is about 1% of the population and their aura is known as a sampling aura. Basically, it's, it's, tasting the environment around them. And this is a very total thing when I say the word environment. I'm actually talking about everything. I'm talking about the ether. I'm talking about people. I'm talking about animals, plants, everything. They're actually totally receptive to the world around them. So though there is a certain amount of vulnerability in that, their aura is actually uh, designed to handle that level of receptivity. They're designed to... um, to kind of uh, carefully receive all of this information and, to, and they're not holding it. Ideally, the reflector is not holding it or identifying with anything. They're tasting it. They're learning about it. It's like it, they're kind of source of relationship, mm. if that makes sense. So the reflector is a super, super important, super unique type. There's a lot to learn about them, but the, ref- the reflector has signature themes as well. And, Really, the, the primary theme for a reflector is disappointment. You know, they, they experience such deep disappointment in their experience um, because they're open to so much 
And really what they're getting back is disappointing to them in most cases. And, and again, this is a big part of whether or not it's kind of determined by whether or not they are identifying with what they're receiving. Mm-hmm. Now, if they don't identify, they can take in a ton of information. And that information is very useful to them. If they do identify, then they're going to be disappointed by what they, by what they experience. Now, if they're not identifying and they're allowing themselves to kind of get a taste for things, then the true potential of this is surprise. I mean, this is more than any of the types, someone who can be filled with such wonder at just the enormous variety of energies and uh, experiences that are contained in our world. So the reflector is someone who either experiences deep disappointment in life or genuine childlike surprise at just the enormity of life. And you can see how all of these things feed in and out of the different types. You know, we're speaking about them in four categories, more or less. But each of us has so much of all of this written into us. You know, you or I, we're not reflectors, but we do get to experience that same level of wonder, just wonder-filled experience of life. So nothing is as cut and dry as it seems on the surface. But if we pretend that it is for a moment, we allow ourselves to gather a whole heck of a lot of really solid information that we can make genuine, practical use of in life. And that's what the point of this conversation is. Mm, Oh, I, this is just so incredibly helpful. And actually one of my uh, really close friends is a reflector and she, when you say they're a connoisseur of relationships, this just makes so much sense to me when I think about her and, um, you know, just that childlike surprise as well. Um, when you allow yourself to be in that state and also that the difference between holding versus tasting, I think is really important. So this is making a lot of sense to me, just knowing one reflector. I don't know any others, Um, but it's (laughs) fascinating to, to think about the interplay of all of these. And also what strikes me is that I feel like, um, a lot of people are trying to, uh, expect themselves to be a generator and sure, when they're yeah. not a generator and, um, and yeah, just how by doing that, they're missing out on so much of what their, you know, magical, what their magic is or their gifts are, um, yeah. for this life. Yes, you're absolutely right. You know, there's, it's almost like basically everyone wants to be a manifesting generator. Mm. That's, that, you know, it's, it, it, society is more or less built on the rules of the manifester and it's built in order to make. Um, use of the aura of the generator. So it's, it's almost like it's um, mishandling the types, mm. you know, in any direction that we look. And so you have, um, and, and historically, this is kind of how it went, that the manifestors ruled and the generators were put to work. Mm. So, um, you know, this is kind of the dynamic and it's a part of what we struggle with in our experience because we don't understand any of it. So a conversation like this is useful because it basically opens our eyes to something we would otherwise be utterly oblivious to. And noticing each of the four types now at this point, we can jump all the way back to the beginning and discuss what is often referred to as fifth type, which is what you are, Leticia, Mm -hmm. this manifesting generator type. And what's so interesting about the manifesting generator is that though the technical function of your aura is the same as any other generators, you're actually built 
to manifest in very similar ways to the manifester. And so somehow on this like really deep genetic level, you're actually driven to operate very similarly to a manifester, which unfortunately you're not technically designed to do. So what happens for most manifesting generators is that they move too quickly. You know, they act prematurely and um, there's a, a great deal of impatience in the manifesting generator types because everything in their like circuitry is basically saying, go, go, go. It's like having, I read once that it's like having a Ferrari um, engine <laughs> under a bonnet. You know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I resonate with that. So, so there, there are ways to make use of that. I mean, basically you have such an enormous, I mean, just an enormous amount of energy to create. And so the only trick is figuring out where to put that energy. You know, if, if you take and you race forward with it in a direction that's misaligned with you, you're going to meet with frustration. And as this interesting subtype, you're not only going to meet with frustration, you're going to meet with anger because that manifesting portion of the manifesting generator brings into it the same theme that the manifestor holds. So, you know, you have a very unique design and this design has to be treated with care and respect. And it's all about aligning yourself to the activities that light you up, mm-hmm. you know, and this, this is the, the primary ap- point of application. I think for this podcast is how do any of us take the information we just discussed into business, into kind of how we're showing up in the world. Mm-hmm. And the answer is incredibly simple. The answer is so simple and yet somehow so much of a process to connect to in reality. But the answer is that each of us has to find what's our own. Mm-hmm. We have to stop giving ourselves away to the needs and expectations of those around us, whether it's a parent or a, an employer or a spouse. We need to regather the energy that is our own, and then we need to become extremely uncompromising in how we spend that energy. And it doesn't, make, it doesn't matter if it takes three years of doing nothing before we reconnect to what is true. Whatever it takes, it is imperative that each of us identifies what is actually our own. And then once we've connected to that brilliant, radiating inner core of truth within us to spend energy in only the directions which are aligned with that. And the whole thing is predicated on feeling. It's all predicated on this ability to feel into what is yours. And for the generators, you feel satisfaction or frustration. Boom. There's your signpost. That simple. Mm. Projectors. Bitterness or achievement. Boom. That simple. You know, you go down the line. So <laughs> it's so it's just it makes me laugh because it's such a simple truth held in such great complexity. But there it is. Yeah. We actually do get to live our bliss. <laughs> and so it's really rather than learning from other people and learning about other people, the greatest teacher is really learning from ourselves. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How yeah, how um ironic. <laughs> oh, it's it's the best joke ever. And mm. and we spend so much, so much energy trying so hard to do it right. And we spend time and we spend money. I mean, those of us who are genuinely interested in doing it right and showing up for life in an authentic way, you know, we really, really sacrifice so much to achieve it. 
Mm. And we, we go, we do the courses and we, um, you know, visit the meditation centers and all these different things. And somehow all along we're carrying the answer within us. <laughs> and what, what I'm sure you know, as well as I do at this point, is that as coaches and teachers and guides, People like yourself or me, we're not actually showing anyone anything new. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not as if we're, um, you know, some kind of special genius, although all of us are. Yeah. It's more that we're helping people to, to meet themselves again in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. It's all about remembering. It's not about development, even though we use these words. It's not even necessarily about transformation. It's about remembering the truth of ourselves. And that process takes time and it does often take help, you know, from the outside, but ultimately it's an extremely personal journey and only you as the listener, only you have the capacity to engage that journey fully. No one else can do it for you. Absolutely. And, um, I'm thinking when you mentioned that we're, you know, carrying the answers with us, I'm thinking about, uh, the book, the alchemist, Yeah. Yeah. Great. (laughs) If anyone's read that book, um, I feel like the alchemist archetype is like the main, uh, if I had, if my, if my business had an archetype or my work, I would say it's, it's the alchemist. And when I read the book, Mm. the alchemist, that message there is, um, I just was like, wow, this is, this, this is just everything that I believe we have all of the gifts within us right now, all of the answers. And I guess with a coach and with a guide, really, we just provide a space. We hold a space for that, for the, for our clients and for the people that we're working with to take that journey inwards and to communicate it with someone else. (laughs) Yeah, you're totally right. You know, there's this idea of the hero's journey and Mm. it's, it's basically an understanding of our everyday experience as an expanding mythology, as this story that's moving through us step by step, day by day, decision by decision. And in the hero's journey, every hero meets magic helpers along the way. You know, these are allies that show up out of nowhere at just the right time. And if we were to put this whole thing in the narrative, you know, if we were to really understand ourselves as living individual mythologies, Letitia, you are a magic helper to so many people. That's what you're here for. And there are magic helpers who have been there for you, mm-hmm. you know, and so you begin to see the symbiosis built into this whole thing. And that brings us right back to the beginning with the interplay of these energies. It's just such a beautiful story, isn't it? It's, it's an incredible story. And I, I love that when you, when you are um, allowing yourself to, you know, learn about yourself and to, I called um, my own journey, um, a journey of rediscovering who, of, of rediscovery and rediscovering who I am. And it was amazing because once I started on that journey, I just had people turning up who could help me everywhere I was turning. If I thought I need someone to help me with this, or I want to learn more about that suddenly someone would appear in my life and um and i think that's true for most absolutely it is yeah i mean life life is exceptionally supportive and generous the moment that we allow it to be (laughs) oh incredible (laughs) this is so amazing this has been such a beautiful conversation and i just love that we let end with this um 
this idea of allowing as well. And that is definitely another aspect of feminine energy and such a powerful thing. It's goes against what we what our mind tells us to do but when we can you know learn to really trust and uh, lean into the our allowing superpowers as i love to call them magic really does happen and things get so much easier and more enjoyable (laughs) i I can hear you smiling and everything (laughs) about who you are (laughs) everything about who you are demonstrates that you've lived this very thing you know, so I feel wonderful knowing that there are people in this world who get to work with you and get to meet themselves anew through you and everything that you've developed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a deep privilege and it has been one for me to show up here with you. So I want to thank you for that as well. Thank you so much as well, Tim. And I love that you say meet themselves through you because that is exactly the space that you hold as well and that you've held for me and you're holding for so many other wonderful people out there. And I feel that this um, relationship, it really is such a privilege for me as well. And I'm so honored. And I thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your beautiful wisdom with us all. I'm so glad that Human Design found you again. And I'm so me glad too. that I also discovered you too. Yeah, me too. This has been a true honor and a pleasure. And just my last question for you, which will just be a quick one, is if um, how can how can people connect with you? One of two ways. So, if anyone listening to this is very interested in learning about my primary work, it's known as Whole System Human, and the website is simply that wholesystemhuman.com. So I invite you to visit that. There's a ton of really high quality content on that. Even if you never reach out to me, I think you'll benefit from meeting that information. And then, uh, you know, to kind of correlate to what we've been discussing here today, I've been hosting these mirror sessions. And that is what Leticia has been referring to. Now, these mirror sessions are technically exclusive to my Facebook family. So they're not something that I offer on the website. You won't find it there. Um, in this case, I would invite you to seek me out on Facebook. My profile is set to public, so you're welcome to befriend me on Facebook, and then we can kind of take it from there. And Leticia, maybe it's even possible to include some links. I'm happy to pass them along yeah. if that's helpful. Absolutely. We'll definitely Wonderful. put um, the links in the show note for sure. Wonderful. Okay. Okay. Then I think that's that, huh? That's that. That is everything. Thank you so much for coming on, Tim. And um, yeah, we'll... Well, I can't wait for this to be out for everyone to hear. Same here. It's been a pleasure, Leticia. Thank you. Okay. Seriously, how electric was that conversation, my friends? I am so, so, so grateful to you, Tim, for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your time and energy with us all. That conversation really just had me so high on life after speaking to Tim. And every time I re-listen, I feel exactly the same way. And I hope that you're feeling really positive and high on life too about you, because this is what this is all about. We want to inspire you to uncover the incredible magic that is within Every single one of us, we all have so many incredible gifts to share with the world. We all have so many beautiful ways of just being on this planet. And when we are able to align with that, 
to align with our authentic essence. This is when we become the most magnetic. This is when we become the most useful in the world, when we're able to contribute in the best way possible. We're able to uplift the people around us because our energy is in alignment. We're able to innovate and be creative because we're open to receiving and allowing ourselves to receive that guidance, that inspiration. We allow ourselves to be vulnerable so we can connect with other people in this beautiful, open-hearted way. And life becomes so much more fun and beautiful. And this is what we are all about over here. So once again, thank you so much, Tim, for coming on and sharing all of your beautiful wisdom with us all. Now, I want to know from you listening, what is your human design type? I'm going to share in the show notes for this episode, a link for you to uncover your human design type. It's totally free. All you need is your date and place of birth and your time of birth. And yes, it is important to know the exact time of your birth. So make sure you try and figure that out and then share with me over on Instagram at Letitia Ringe what your human design type is. I'm so interested to learn more about you. Honestly, this tells me so much as soon as someone tells me what their human design type is, even though, of course, it's way more complex than that. And there's so many beautiful intricacies that we all have that make us unique. But personally, when I know someone's human design type, I'm able to better understand them. So I'd love to know what your human design type is. Share with me over on Instagram, pop it in your stories, tag me at Letitia Ringe, or take a screenshot right now listening to this episode and tag me. Now, now you can find the show notes for today's episode at LetitiaRinge.com forward slash Tim Brainard, and that's B-R-A-I-N-A-R-D. And you'll find there all of the different ways to connect with Tim. So I also want to let you know that the Mindset Makeover course is available for enrollment. You can head over to check out all of the details at LetitiaRinge.com forward slash Mindset Makeover. You'll also find a link there in the show notes. And finally, I would so appreciate if you could share, rate, and review this podcast. This helps to get the message out there to other people who can use the support of this podcast. And if you're listening to this episode close to when it airs on Friday, the 5th of July, I'd also like to invite you into our podcast launch team. You'll find a link in the show notes to the episode so that you can find out all of the details. And I have a number of prizes and giveaways that I'll be providing for you when you share, rate, and review the podcast. So go check out the link there and get involved. And otherwise, I will be back next week on Friday with another inspiring interview for you to help you create your beautiful life and business. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you have a wonderful week. Lots of love. Hey, if you're ready to create your very own purpose-driven business too, I invite you to check out my online program, Create Your Beautiful Biz. You'll learn how to create a business that allows you to make your difference and thrive using my signature feminine essence framework. Just head over to www.letitiaringe.com forward slash CYBB. Let's make creating a business beautiful. I'll see you there.